0: welcome to get offset my name is emily and this week i have guest david Packow's from singular sound originally and perhaps still best known for the beat buddy though they have other uh, several other products that are pretty fantastic now um the beat buddy was when it was launched the most successful crowdfunded music instrument product ever uh, so that record doesn't stand, but it's still a pretty pretty cool thing that it was such a huge success that people actually received. Um, as a rule, I don't promote uh, very many crowdfunded projects. the The only one I've actually promoted was more of an Indiegogo campaign for Coloma Guitars because um, that was a zero-risk campaign for for anybody involved. Like, Meredith Coloma is a fantastic luthier, has proven herself, had a very clear business plan with how she would use that money. And you're getting... I, I, I think just everything was done well. But I get a lot of messages um, about things like guitar hangers or techie products. And I just don't... I don't I don't I don't want to promote those. I've personally been burned on crowd-funded projects, namely I did the Gear Supply Company Kickstarter back in like 20 I want to say it was like 2017 and that that was such a nightmare. A lot of people lost a lot of money. That money was not spent well. Um it's just a terrible terrible situation that nobody really came out of that one. <laughs> unscathed so uh, after that and a few other kickstarters that I did that were just failures I I don't promote them anymore but that makes it even cooler to see one that did so so well Um, from such an interesting and really nice dude David is in the world of guitars best known for beat buddy David in the world of just like general humans is best known for being the (laughs) Miles Teller character. uh, The real life person Miles Teller played in the movie War Dogs, which I did see. um, I did see that around the time it came out. And I remember thinking it was a good movie and thinking that it was, you know, they probably took a lot of liberties with it. And when I talked to David, he said, I believe he said it's about 70% true, which as a number uh, is much higher <laughs> than I personally expected it to be. So, uh, I mean, you, you get this you get this nugget of an idea is how I expect it to work in Hollywood. You get this nugget of an idea that these two 20-something stoners were able to land multi-million dollar government contracts uh and then were kind of screwed over by somebody and charged with fraud by the u.s government and that that movie becomes even 70 percent true blows (laughs) blows my mind but what i really wanted to know from david is like how do you get how do you go from being an arms dealer to being an MI dealer? Like, how do you go from selling essentially buying wholesale guns and ammunition and reselling them to the government for profit to uh, creating and selling really cool MIDI controllers, uh, selling devices that uh, create the drum with you that you can use um, midi and other expression to uh, like do hits and stuff like how do you go from those two ideas and a uh, slight spoiler I was astounded by how linear that transition was I didn't expect those two things I didn't expect the one of end of one story to go literally into the beginning of the next one I just thought, like, there's going to be some time between. Uh, he's going to go back to something. But it was really cool to, you know, David was always a musician. Uh, in interviews, he would talk about how, like, he was going to take the money he got from selling weapons and use it to jumpstart his music career. He's even in the movie War Dogs playing um, Don't Fear the Reaper at the retirement home, which i think is funny on a lot of levels. So well done. Well done on that one. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to you all hearing that interview. He talks a lot about the products, a little about himself and the process. And if there's anything at Singular Sound that you want, please consider using the affiliate link in the show notes and use the code EMILY10, that's emily one uh, that's my name and then one zero after it uh, for 10% off on anything on that website. So thank you to David and the team for making that one happen. Um, as for other things that I've been up to, I released some demos last week, the Melanie Fay uh, signature guitar, the deluxe Melanie Faye DC by DAngelico. Um, it they only made 50 of those worldwide. I think like 250 people viewed that demo. So check that one out. Listen, sometimes I do a video knowing that it's not going to be hugely popular. And here are the strikes that that guitar had against it in terms of how I knew um, getting views. Like, one, it was filmed kind of on the fly at the D'Angelico slash Bond audio booth. Um, So it's not my normal environment. Wasn't going to get a lot of time with it. But I saw the guitar, I'd wanted to play it. I wanted to showcase a signature guitar uh, for a a female guitarist. That's very important to me personally, to just show that these things are out there, to show that they're high quality. Um, To Melanie Faye, as as far as guitarists go, not nearly on the level of fame or popularity of somebody like her. Um, So fewer people are searching for that guitar... Three, only 50 made, so not a lot of people can buy it. And then also, it's a very expensive guitar, with a few exceptions. Um, Music Man guitars do pretty well on the channel. Um, Some higher-end fenders do pretty well. Uh, Y'all are really definitely more interested in the affordable stuff, and that's understandable. That's really understandable. Um, That's why the Jazzmaster 12 from the Paranormal series, that's why that video did so well for me. It's why the Esquire Deluxe from the Paranormal series is doing so well for me, cetera. So um I like to just sometimes put videos out there just because I want to do them. And uh this was the case. So please check that out if you're curious at all. I really like that guitar. Oh, man, I really, I really like that guitar. I also did videos for, as I already mentioned, the Esquire Deluxe from the Paranormal series. And I talked about this last week. The uh, Sterling by Music Man St. Vincent Goldie got that filmed, published out there. Uh, I really, really like that guitar. I am sad that I I had to send it back. The fretwork on it is astounding. So if you haven't checked out those videos, please do. I have a few things coming out this week. Um, Nothing really specifically to shout out. I'm probably going to put together a video for an SPL meter that I got, uh, and took to the Marshall wall. You might've seen a short for that on TikTok or Instagram reels or something, but I took this little SPL meter and that just tells you how loud things are. I took it to the Marshall wall and I didn't get this in the video, but, uh, one, it was overload, (laughs) it was overloading. So I had to like, Hit the level button a couple times to, because because those with those work is they measure within levels like kind of like a multimeter. You have to set it like the range. Generally speaking, you want it to be um, measuring. Um, so it was very loud uh, off camera. I think I measured that wall at 120. So that's the volume of an entire concert with just just the but just the guitar. Normally, you're looking at drum kit. You're looking at, you know, still a couple loud guitar amps, bass amps, a PA. Like, that is, like, a very loud rock show. And um, I believe 10 points, 10 decibels is double volume. It's um, exponential growth. So, very, very loud. I wore uh, earplugs and was not in pain. So, maybe look forward to that. I demoed some Strandbergs, just kind of looked at them a little bit with Tia from Working Class Music. So that was really, really fun. I'll probably get that one out this week as well. But yeah, I have a lot of work to do, guys. So I'm going to get to that and I'm going to let you get to the episode thank you again to david and please use the code emily10 at the singular sound website via the link in the show notes to save 10%. Bye guys. See you soon. <coughs> Welcome david from singular sound. How are you doing today? Thank
1: you. I'm getting better all the time.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm doing well. I just got back from a uh, Sweetwater's Gear Fest, so that was Oh, nice. a fun long week. Yeah, they flew uh, me out there to just oh, nice. make a bunch of videos. Awesome, yeah, a bunch of other. Lucky
1: you, too. Fort Wayne, Indiana. <laughs> well, I've been there multiple times.
0: I I feel lucky, David. I feel lucky, but uh, <laughs> it's,
1: quite,
0: it's quite the thing they have going on there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you get to ride in uh, Chuck Sirac's, uh fancy sports cars or his helicopter?
0: No, I don't do helicopters. <laughs> and stop. Uh, don't do I helicopters. Don't blame you.
1: Heli- yeah helicopters are can yeah. be scary but he is he's a big fan of fancy sports cars i'm sure you've uh, he probably had them at the gear usually he has them at gear fest to show them off and to give the gear fest a little bit glamour
0: <laughs> yeah he has that, all that whole uh sweet cars brand as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right.
1: That's right. He does. He does. I think what happened there is uh, is he wanted to spend money on sports cars, but he wanted it to be tax deductible. So he started a business renting out sports cars, mostly to himself, I think, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs>
0: can't can't fault a man for doing that.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I would do the same. I, he's a smart man, obviously. Uh, you don't become a bil- a billionaire by being dumb. Uh Chuck's a Chuck's a good guy. He, I, I met him a few times. Uh he's he's a real sweet guy. He's actually um uh yeah, you know, his whole his whole thing is that he's a down-to-earth family man, even though his name is on pretty much everything in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I, I went to the to the uh I mean Fort Wayne is a relatively small town. So he's a big fish in a, a, in a pond, small pond a little bit. But like uh, it's kind of funny to to go to the local zoo and see his uh his family name on pretty much every exhibit there, so that's uh oh yeah, yeah. no I, I, I love Chuck I'm I mean, not I'm I'm not saying this in any negative way I actually really do like Chuck he's a really good guy and uh and um, uh Sweetwater is a great company I we they're actually our biggest yeah. customer, yeah
0: oh wow yeah he yeah. um it says a lot about someone who has that much money and then just gives back so much to their their community and decides to yeah, stay absolutely. there and make jobs yeah. there.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that says a lot about the
0: character, I think.
1: Absolutely. I don't think many people would have stayed in Fort Wayne, but he did it. And I think he's changed it tremendously for the better. So I think it's, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, it really speaks to him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, there are a lot of interesting origin stories in musical instruments, but I mm-hmm. I think yours is in the running for the most interesting.
2: Oh wow! So High confidence. Could you tell us? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Can you tell the audience a little bit about like what you did before sure. all of this before Singular Sound?
1: Yeah, so Singular Sound is uh, my company. Uh, We make music gear and uh, we're most famous for um, our. Buddy product, which is a guitar pedal drum machine hybrid. Uh, it allows you to control a drum beat while you're performing live hands-free. So you get things, you're able to like do a drum fill just by tapping the pedal. You tr- hold the pedal down. It does a transition beat. You let go, it goes to another beat. So you can like go from like verse to chorus and back again and things like that. So it's really great for one man band, singer, songwriters, um, pretty much any musician who has trouble finding a drummer to jam with with and wants to be able to control a drum beat hands free. Um, uh, nowadays we that was our first product and it did extremely well. Still is selling very, very well. Uh, nowadays our Does most- it
0: does it still hold does it still hold a record for um, most successful crowdfunded Pro, uh, musical um, instrument product?
1: No, I wouldn't. It was uh, at the time. This was, I mean, it launched in two thousand and three. Two thousand. I'm sorry, two thousand thirteen. End of two thousand thirteen, early two thousand fourteen, and we raised uh, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a month, which was amazing. Wow. And yeah, that's what was allowed me to launch this company. Um, and however we and at the time it was a uh, like a, a record for crowdfunding campaigns for musical instrument products but i believe since then we've been beat uh, i think it was by artiphone artiphone beat us who i advised them on their campaign so i take partial credit for that uh, they they called me up and asked I,
0: me i'm blanking know, on artiphone
1: artiphone yeah. they make a really they make some MIDI instruments, so yeah they they're, they're right. I think the reason they did so well in crowdfunding in particular is because their whole marketing um uh focus is to try to bring non musicians into the musical world so their their you know whole thing is like anyone can be a musician, you just need to buy our gadget and it'll make you awesome and mm-hmm. you can you know, make music just like awesome musicians who spent years of their life perfecting their craft. So, uh, so that obviously appeals to a more general market, more general, uh, audience. And so it doesn't surprise me that they beat us in crowdfunding, but, uh, I do believe that as far as products that are aimed at actual musicians, um, and that's not to say that you know beginners can't use our products uh, actually our, our uh, we made a uh less expensive b- version of the Beat Buddy called the Beat Buddy Mini which is a bit less than half the price and it's it's got you know it's like a simplified version it's mono instead of stereo you can't add your own beats and drum sets on it like you could with the regular Beat Buddy so uh that Uh, is much more directed at students and it's a really useful tool for beginners and students because it's a lot more fun to play with than a metronome. You know, you have all that feel in the groove uh and of course a metronome doesn't have style it just has a beep boop so <laughs> it's m- a lot more fun yeah. and engaging to play with the beat buddy um and beat buddy mini than with a metronome so a lot of students and music teachers are using beat buddy mini uh, that's a little tangent but um <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so that's that's that was our first product our current most famous product just to give people the audience you know of like who uh, who uh, you know we what we do who we are and what we do uh, is uh, the Aeros Loop Studio, which is uh, the world's best looping pedal. And uh, I say that without without equivocation <laughs> and without hesitation, uh, it it was the first pedal, first looper pedal to uh, make use of a of a, a touchscreen, so you could actually watch the music being recorded on the pedal, uh, and you see the waveform moving. So that and that's useful because you can see where you are in the loop, you see what's coming up. It's also a six track looper, so you have six independent tracks that you can make any you know. Relevant relative, any length that you want, as well as six song parts. So you can have multiple sections, each with its own six tracks. And that allows you to do really complex uh, arrangements in a live looping scenario. So that's uh, our current uh, most famous product that's we released a few years ago, and we're, we've been making some serious updates to it um, on the software side and giving it a lot more capabilities. So that's, so that's just so people know what singular sound is. But as far as the origin, which you have, Asked me for in the first place, which I think is, sure. um, um, you know, in, interesting. Um, uh, the for those who haven't heard of it, there's a movie called War Dogs, and uh, it was made by um, uh, Todd Phillips, who was the director of the Hangover movies. And after then, he made War Dogs, and after War Dogs, he made The Joker, uh, which he's most famous for now. Um, And uh, War Dogs was his transition movie from comedy, from The Hangover, to drama, uh, The Joker. And War Dogs is kind of in the middle. They call it a dramedy, right? It's partially Mm -hmm. funny, partially serious. And the story is about these two young guys from Miami in their early 20s who become international arms dealers. It's based on a true story. and. I am one of those guys. So yeah. So when I was in my early twenties, I got into the arms dealing business, uh, because my friend was into it and, and he brought me on board. And then we started doing really, really well. We ended up winning a $300 million contract to arm the entire Afghan national army and police and, uh, through the U S government. And, um, To make a very long story short, a lot of drama happened, and they made a movie Mm -hmm. out of it. Uh, It's definitely a Hollywood version of the story. Uh, War Dogs is, I would say, probably about 70% true. Uh, Most of it is true, but there's good chunks of it that are... uh, Uh, Hollywood versions of the story, you know, as they do with every story that every movie that's based on a true story, they always Hollywood eyes it up. Uh, but, um, yeah, there is a book that is available. If anyone's really curious, um, on Amazon, uh, that is the actual real story that the movie was based on that, that book was written. They changed the name to war dogs on the book. So, uh, you can just look for war dogs book on Amazon. You'll find it. Um, And it it was uh, written by Guy Lawson, who is a journalist. Uh, He used to work for the New York Times, Rolling Stone, uh, Harper's Magazine, I think several other major publications. And he wrote the book, uh, he wrote the original Rolling Stone article, which is what got the attention of Hollywood that they decided to make it into a movie. And then he followed up, he expanded that article into a full length book. And that's, I would say, the most accurate version of the story that's out there, because he did some real investigative reporting. He interviewed the government side of things. He interviewed obviously me and, and other people who we, we worked with, um, but he he found out things I didn't know because he was did some investigative reporting. So if anyone wants the real story, that that would be where I would go. But how did I go from arms dealing to mu- the music business? Would is, love to
0: know that. Right yeah. is the real
1: question, <laughs> right? So oh. the what happened was at the end of the arms dealing story, at the end of War Dogs. Um, I got in a little bit of legal trouble and, uh, I managed to avoid going to prison. Uh, feel very lucky and grateful for that. I pled guilty and, um, to defrauding the United States. I know it sounds terrible, but to make a very long story short, we, we delivered some ammunition to the government that we said was from Albania. It was from Albania, but it had originally been manufactured in China. We covered up that fact because the government didn't want stuff that was manufactured in China due to there being an arms embargo against China. And, uh, even though the the ammunition question didn't violate the arms embargo, it did violate the terms of our commercial contract and the fact that we covered up that it was Chinese made it fraud as far as the Justice Department was concerned. So um, they charged us with fraud. After, I mean, they knew about it the whole time. They didn't care until the New York Times made a big stink and political uh, scandal mm. in the media. And then to cover their own asses, they uh, charged us uh you know because that's how sure. that's how politics works so yeah yeah we didn't have enough lobbyists which was our big mistake <laughs> and <laughs> and of course you know we we i will admit that we did do what they said we were going. we did which was we hid the fact that it was chinese ammunition and uh, delivered it and said it was albanian and so i you know i i take responsibility for that but um yeah. But anyway, uh managed to avoid going to prison, uh, mainly because I pled guilty. And uh, instead, I got seven months of house arrest, which is not so bad. Uh, but while I was in house arrest, uh, I had you know the ankle tracking thing on my leg and couldn't leave the house. Uh, really missed playing with... Uh, I was playing a lot of music, of course, because I'm a guitarist. I, I'm a singer. And uh, one of the things I uh, really missed playing with was uh, playing with a drummer uh, because, you know, the drums gives the energy to the music. You you dance to the beat. Right. And of course, uh, so I bought I of course, no drummer is going to come over to my house because it was like, you know, to move your entire drum set is a huge pain in the butt. So yeah. and, I, and I couldn't go to the studio. So I bought a drum machine and uh, was you know making some beats to jam along with. But every time I wanted the beat to change, I'd have to press a button on the drum machine to switch it up to a different drum loop. And then I could go back to playing my guitar and like play the chorus or the verse or something. So it kept on interrupting the flow of the music and it was very, very annoying. And I thought to myself, man, I really wish I had a drum machine that I could control hands-free with like a guitar pedal, just like I use guitar pedals. I wish I had a drum machine inside a guitar pedal. And the only thing that was out there, I look, I was sure someone made it So because I thought it was a super simple idea, but uh, I looked online, couldn't find anything that was like this. The, the closest thing I found was like these cheap uh, looper pedals that have like some beats built in uh, and yeah. usually the beats sound really bad. They're very like synthetic, but also the main issue is that the pedal functionality is meant for the looper. Uh, Not for the drums beat. So, so you didn't have any sort of control over the drum beat. It was pretty much just a glorified backing track and a lot worse than what you could have off your phone. Uh, You know, that's what was built in. So. I thought, I don't want just a backing track. I could just play that on my phone. I want something I could move from like verse to chorus. I want to throw in a drum fill. I want to do accent hits, like do a cymbal crash or pause and unpause to make it sound really live. And I couldn't find anything that was like that. So I did a patent search and I was shocked to discover that nobody even patented the idea. Um, Wow, which was really surprising because I thought that, you know, most patents don't even get made into products like 99% of them. So I thought if even if this wasn't on the market, someone must have thought of this and patented the idea, but no, nobody had. So I quickly applied for a patent. It was issued in record time in less than a year, which is incredible for pat- patents. Usually, take two to three years to get issued. And uh, then I started working on uh, actually building this thing. I had a very rough sketch in like Microsoft Paint with just like basic lines and little arrows pointing at every knob and button and a description of what it should do and. And then I, of course, I didn't know how to build a electronic product, so I started Googling how this is done, and I found companies, uh, engineering uh, companies, that would be willing to, they say they advertised anyway, go from a napkin a napkin sketch to full production. <laughs> that was that was the advertising, a turnkey solution. Uh, uh, at first I went with the classic mistake. I hired the cheapest guy that didn't go well <laughs> and just wasted a year it, of my time. It never time. does. It usually yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that it's always, um, the most expensive person that's the best. Uh, but definitely the the cheapest person you, you just, you have to wonder why they're the cheapest. So, wow. uh, yeah, so that didn't go well. So I wasted a year of my time there kind of, uh, you know, got discouraged and sat on it for another year. And then, uh, and then after that, like one of my musician friends is like, Hey, what happened to that? Like idea you had, you know, with the drum machine and the pedal, that thing is super cool. I want, when are you going to be able to get me one? Cause I can't wait to use it. I really need to use it in my solo gigs. I'm doing this coffee shop. Can't fit a drummer in there really could use, could use it and i was like fuck why excuse me uh why, oh, why don't I? yeah uh, okay okay i didn't know if i uh, had to be beeped here uh, <laughs> all right we're rocking
0: all the time yeah
1: okay okay we're, we're we're rock and roll like that um yes so yeah so anyway i was like fuck why didn't i do this <laughs> that was a great idea i really should do this and so i got back on it found a uh engineering company that wasn't the most expensive but they were the most detailed They gave me like a real detailed plan of exactly how they were going to build it and how long it was going to take and what kind of engineers they would need for each part of the process. And so I, I was like, these guys seem like they know what they're doing. So I hired them. And, uh, uh, I didn't have even close to the amount of money I needed to develop it. So I made a very special deal with them, uh, that I think nobody else would do. Uh, cause it it turned out the, uh, the lead engineer was a drummer, And he knew, he told me, he's like, you know, my musician friends are always asking me to jam with them. And I run an engineering company, so I don't have time to jam with them. And I know that they would love this thing. They would really get a lot of use out of, out of the beat buddy. And so I know it's going to do well and I know that we can build it. And so they made me a very special deal where I gave them pretty much every penny I had to my name, which was the down payment. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but it was only like, like 15, 20% of what it actually would take to build. Um, and then they built me the prototype and let me launch the crowdfunding campaign with the functional prototype. Uh, and they said, you could, I could pay them the rest of the engineering fee after the crowdfunding campaign. So that was the way I would manage to uh to to bootstrap Singular Sound into a real company uh using a relatively low amount of money that I'd saved up. Yeah.
0: Mhm. That's here, amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. Thank It's you. uh I actually didn't expect the transition from War Dogs to Singular Sound to like be connected so fully so that's really quite a story for a company it sounds like it seems like it's paid off obviously you have other products Mm -hmm. the looper Um, so how did you how do you come up with these ideas because Mm -hmm. you have several different products and yes. they're all very different i mean you have that the beat true. buddy yeah. you have the looper you have a midi controller yeah uh you have a cable the winder cably,
1: yes yes that's right <laughs> cable, yeah. yeah yeah we call it the cabley. it sounded cute uh yeah so I, I can tell you the story of each one of them uh they're not that long uh <laughs> okay. um so we started with the beat buddy and uh, and one, that took off really, really well. We won like pretty much every major award in the music products industry. We got best of show in NAMM. Um, uh, Sweetwater sells a huge amount of them for us. We sell them on our website too. So if anyone listening to this go to our website. Don't go to Sweetwater.
0: <laughs> oh, unless yeah, you're yeah. using my affiliate link. Right. Exactly. All right. Oh,
1: we can give you no, an affiliate always, link too. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. case. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to give you an affiliate link. Uh, and so you can, you can give everyone your affiliate link and, uh, and you can get a, a little commission off that. Uh, we're more than happy to do that for you. Um, I appreciate
0: that. I, I always do yeah. encourage people to buy direct for brands that sell direct because yeah. they don't, they all don't sell direct.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of brands, everyone's moving towards the direct model uh, just because there's services like Shopify and and things like Mm -hmm. that, where it's just plug and play. uh, And you don't need to have a huge investment to start your own like online shop anymore. Um, And, uh, you know, retailers, which Sweetwater would consider themselves to be one, even though they're really, you know, more of a, like an Amazon type, uh, of business, um, retailers take a huge chunk of your margins. I mean, like, I, like, uh, they, they make more money than we do. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. So is it like 30 to 40% it's, on average. It's
1: between, th- yeah. depending on the price of the item, it's between 30 to 50%. Wow. So, yeah. And that's off the sale price. So, uh, you know, you consider that a brand has to actually manufacture their products, so, uh, you know, depending on what their multiple on the manufacturing is, we'll, we'll, uh, decide what, what the profit margin is, but it's not uncommon that the retailers end up making more money than the manufacturer. Um, mm-hmm. so, so there's that, which is why, you know. I, I do appreciate it. When people buy directly from SingularSound.com, go to SingularSound.com. Link in
0: show notes.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And look out for the, uh, for the uh, affiliate link. <laughs> Give people the ex, the extra motivation. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's not to say anything bad against Sweetwater. They're a great business. And they, they're, as I said, they sell more for us than any other uh, of our resellers. But, If we're talking directly to customers, obviously we make more money when they buy off our site. Um, And it's also, we get more information. It's it's just better for us as a business when people deal with us directly. It's easier to do warranty returns and fixes and, and... customer support and all that stuff uh, its just easier for us Uh, and easier for the customers too. So, so we do recommend people buy directly from us. And of course course. their favorite podcaster gets a, gets a little commission from the affiliate (laughs) link. So, so it's a win, win, win for everybody. But uh uh so yeah, so we we're talking about how I came up with the ideas for the other products. So we started with the with the beat buddy, and that went really well. And then people started asking, uh, you know, we have a very active user forum on our website, singularsound.com. Link in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> if you if you just Google forum singular sound, you'll find the link. But um Uh, We have a very active user forum where our customers and potential customers uh, have very active discussions where they ask us for new features. They will report software bugs if they find them. Um, They'll request, you know, because we're constantly coming out with new beats and drum sets for the BeatBuddy. So the BeatBuddy is expandable. It comes with software for your PC and Mac. You could put your own beat. You can... Uh, you could uh, compose your own beats in any MIDI editing software like GarageBand or Pro Tools or Ableton or whatever. And you could export that uh, into the BeatBuddy Manager software and arrange each MIDI file to be a different component of the song. So you could say this MIDI file is the verse and this MIDI file is the chorus and this MIDI file is a fill and this one's you know the transition fill. And so you could build your own stuff. Uh, and a lot of people do, and they post the stuff that they build on our forum, so there's thousands and thousands of additional free songs and and hundreds of drum sets you, which you could also build using WAV files um, that uh, um, you can po- that people our users post on our on our forum and it's all available for download for free. We also sell professional level made content on our website, so people you know some of our our user created content is really really good but some of it not so great so there's definitely a variety sure Uh, you know you sometimes you sometimes get what you pay for but sometimes it's it's actually really really good so um so there's definitely variety there in quality but we do have uh professional drummers making beats for us and uh and recording samples for us to make beats and drum sets that we sell online um so in while after we released the beat buddy and we built up this community on the forum people started asking for all these new feature requests like people wanted to do double time and half time and being able to control the beat with like an expression pedal and so you could do a slow build up and a slow slowdown you know and and you know all to be able to do it hands-free live and they wanted to be able to have access to different accent hits like instead of like we have an accessory a foot a two-button foot switch that you plug into the beat buddy and one of the buttons does the Beat Buddy. For people who don't know, is a single pedal. It's it's just a single uh, guitar pedal. But we do have uh, you could plug a two button foot switch into it and get more functionality. Um, one of the buttons is a uh, pause and unpause the beat, so you could do like a hard stop and then start the beat, like you know when a when a song when the drums like cut for a second, it's like nice and dramatic. And the other uh, button does an accent hit, which uh, by default triggers the cymbal crash, so you can like add cymbal crashes. Into the beat, uh, you in the BeatBuddy settings, you could change what sound that is. So you could change that to like a kick drum or a hi hat or any other component of the drum set. Or you could even load in your own. Uh, WAV file into the BeatBuddy's, um, the the BeatBuddy comes with an SD card and it has a folder on there that you could add your own WAV file to it and then you could pick whatever WAV file you uploaded uh, to that folder and and use that as an accent hit. But people wanted to use more than one type of accent hit during the uh during their performance they wanted to be able to do kick drum and then snare and then you know like kind of almost like play drums with their feet which was not originally what we designed the beat buddy for but yeah. you know musicians like to be creative so we realized you know beat buddy has one pedal and it has a two button extension. There's only so much functionality you can get out of that. Now we have pretty detailed settings options that you can uh, change the functionality of the two button foot switch uh, to do different things. Like you could change it instead of doing an accent hit, you could do half time uh, or double time and uh, you know, etc. So you can but but you only have so many features you could fit on these buttons. So we realized we needed to expand this and to, in order, so people can do all these other cool things that they want to do, and that we're building into the firmware. So we realized that we can use a MIDI foot controller to add additional functionality because the Beat Buddy has MIDI functionality. You can plug in uh, MIDI controllers into it. Beat Buddy also sends out its own MIDI clock, so you can plug that into other effects that use MIDI clock to um, to keep everything in time to the beat. And um and I so I started testing out MIDI controllers and I realized that they every MIDI controller I tested was a pain in the ass. Like it was <laughs> a very annoying yeah. to learn how to program it because when you're programming a MIDI controller, every piece of equipment you it has its own set of MIDI commands for different functions. So you have to program the MIDI foot controller to send the correct command for the function you want to trigger. With your midi foot controller so but every you know it was like you practically needed a computer science degree to like program these things it was really annoying and also all the midi controllers that that i looked at they were all like uh, the, none of them had like screens on them or anything like that. So you had to like take a little piece of tape and tape it above a button and write with Sharpie what that button does. Oh yeah. And, and then you're stuck with oh, yeah. that function for that button. So I realized, you know, if we just put a little screen above each button, you could change the functionality of the button and then you can have you know like when you when your song is when your the beat buddy is not playing you may want to be able to access it hands free with a midi foot controller to let's say change the song change the beat on it as you're before you start the next song cuz a lot of people when they're performing they don't like to bend down and fiddle with their equipment cuz it doesn't look so rock and roll you know when you're bending <laughs> over with True. your ass in the air you know so so they, musicians like to do things as hands-free as possible when stuff is on the floor. So we have functionality where you can go to the next song in your folder, uh, and you could also make custom folders for your specific set list. But, so you can go to the next song in the folder just by pressing the, the MIDI foot controller or uh, but you don't need that functionality when the beat is playing, right? You're not going to mm-hmm. be changing songs while you're in the middle of playing. And you don't need your pause and unpause feature while the beat buddy is stopped. So depending on whether you're stopped or you're playing, you want a different set of, of commands available on your MIDI foot controller. So being able to customize... Uh, having a little screen above each button allows that button to have multiple functions, not just one function that you write with Sharpie with a uh, piece of tape above your button. Uh, So that allows you to have a lot more functionality and a much smaller footprint. And uh, we decided to make this, you know, what's the easiest way to have to be able to program this thing? Well, everyone's used to using their phone. So if we make a smartphone app, you can just... Uh, you know, uh, point and click. I mean, not touchscreens. So Pair it with click. Bluetooth. Exactly. So we, yeah. so you're able to program the MIDI Maestro with your with the smartphone app on your phone, uh, wireless with Bluetooth, and we even have. Um, uh, um, things that you could just download ready-made for your equipment so midi maestro so that's how it came up with the midi maestro it's a it's a six button foot midi foot controller each one has a little screen above it and it comes default with additional functionality for the beat buddy and for the aerosloop studio which is our products but you with the with the smartphone app you could program it to uh have uh to to control pretty much any midi compatible device and so that's how i came up with the uh so that's how the midi maestro came to to pass um the uh, with the Eros, how I came up with that was another thing people on the forum were asking for was they were asking for all these different features because they were using the Beat Buddy with their looper. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for example, in the beginning, when we first launched the Beat Buddy, um, one of the most popular loopers people were using it with was the Pigtronics Infinity Looper. Um, That's a pretty yeah. cool looper, yeah. It's a yeah. good looper. Uh, <laughs> I know Dave Coltai personally, he's a great guy. Uh and we we sold a lot of loopers for them. So that's I think that's what made Dave like me. <laughs> I met sure. I met him a few times at NAM. I met him I met him at pretty much every NAM. I, I, I hang out with him a bit. So um uh yeah, so that's how we met because suddenly he saw a huge surge in his uh infinity looper sales, and he's like, What's going on? Why are we suddenly selling like triple the amount that we used to sell? and then all the like the customers started contacting his tech support hey i've got i'm using it with this thing called the beat buddy how do i do this that or the yeah. other and so that's how he realized that that's what was driving his sales and um and like one and so we started collaborating together uh you know he asked us to build some features into the beat buddy like for example he wanted us to send a special command from the beat buddy to tell the the infinity looper uh what time signature the beat was in so that he could quantize it to the measure, not necessarily oh. to the beat. So you don't have to like yeah. press the the looper button exactly on beat. You could press it anytime in the measure and it'll stop or start recording at the end of the measure, which makes it a lot easier to loop. You don't have to be so Absolutely. precise. Um, yeah. Yeah. So th- we did that for them because they asked us to do that. And then, I, and of course, as part of this whole process, I was testing things out with the infinity looper. I also bought a few other loopers uh, just because of some people were using the boss RC 300 and they were having mm-hmm. all sorts of problems with the boss RC 300 uh, is infamous for not updating their products much. And so they, there's still bugs in the RC 300 that were there when, like we started like literally 10 years ago and they have, they just yeah. fixed it and I, and obviously they don't plan on fixing it. So um, I was using all these different loopers and I realized I'd never been a looping guy, you know, like I've, as a musician, I am really just a singer songwriter. I keep my musicianship simple as more of an accompaniment to my voice. I'm more of just like, you know, uh, strumming my open note chords on my guitar, maybe occasionally a power chord or two, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, mostly acoustic guitar and singing. That's my thing. Right. Um, so I never really done looping. And then I had to start doing looping because I needed to test all these loopers with the beat buddy. And I realized that I kind of sucked at looping. I was just not very good at it. And one of the, you know, it's, it's definitely a skill. It's Um, hard. It's hard. It takes a lot of practice. I've seen,
0: I've seen people just wipe out totally with looper problems.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one, and I was thinking to myself, you know, like, What is it about looping that makes it hard? And there's a few different things, but one of the main things for me was the timing, right? Like knowing when the loop is going to start, when it's going to stop, what's coming up. Yeah. You know, like what, what did you do? Like, you know, a lot of times you lay down your loop, right? And it's uh, just a simple chord progression, which repeats a bunch of times. And like, maybe you laid down a four measure loop and you, and it's the same thing, you know, it's just a repeating pattern and you don't know, are you, you sometimes lose track, like, are you on the second measure or are you on the fourth measure? Is the loop about to yeah. end or is it still in the middle? And that really matters, especially if you have more than one loop, um, you know, because like where the other loop is going to start, or if you have, uh, um, you know, so the, the Pigtronics, uh, infinity has two modes, right? they have the uh, parallel and the sequential, right? So they have two loops built into, the, into their looper. And you could have them either at the same time, which is parallel. And the advantage of that is you can have, let's say one loop being two measures long and the other loop being six measures or eight measures long. And so you can have different length loops. And as long as the ratio is right, they, they cycle together. Um, and the other uh, mode you have is uh, sequential right? Where you play one loop and then you play the other loop and the other, and the first loop turns off. And that's good for like verse chorus situations, so different song parts. And I thought to myself, well, I would love to be able to do both at the same time, you know, it'd be nice to have the the capability of both parallel looping and sequential looping. And I realized, you know, if I can just build a nice, beautiful touchscreen, just like on your DAW into the looper pedal, we could you could have so much more information being displayed than what these old school loopers have, which is generally just like simple LEDs. Um, you know, like these LEDs blink and then they blink a little brighter when it's the end of the measure or you know, or somewhere yep. the end of the I've, loop. I've, and had, it's like, I've
0: had that ditto looper. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, the you know, the ditto yeah. looper is the ditto looper is great. I mean, you can't beat the price point uh a hundred bucks, you know, but and it's a tiny little yeah. thing and it's great, but it's very limited. It's really only good it's only good for one loop. You have no parallel looping, no sequential looping. I mean, Pictronics Infinity is a is a high end looper compared to that. Uh i I mean, it is a high-end looper it's a good looper yeah. but but uh <laughs> but i mean the, the 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 ditto is a um is a uh is a very simple looper right and uh but mm-hmm. the high even the high-end loopers like the infinity and the rc300 they also have very very basic uh, user interface feedback, so you don't really unless you have like an amazing ear, which you know, some musicians do, and I guess you could train yourself to do that and looping artists have had no other choice but to train themselves to do this to keep in mind exactly where the which measure they are in the loop and and uh, you know being able to time everything exactly right, uh, then you can do that, but it's much much easier if you could just see the waveform in front of you like you do in your daw because then yeah. you can actually see the loop when it's going to end. Yeah. You see when, you know, especially when you have multiple parallel loops and they're different lengths, it's impossible to keep track of it all. So mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean just looking at the product page, that looks like a doll. Exactly. And the so for those who haven't seen it, the screen, mm-hmm. it has the six the yeah. six tracks. Yeah. And you can see the waveforms and then there's a yeah. circle that looks like it shows you how long until it restarts. Is that That's right? That's
1: right, the track clock, correct. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So next to each track has a little track clock that goes, you know, according to the length of the track. So you see where you immediately, where you are, you know, uh, as far as the loop goes. But also if you look all the way to the left side of the screen, you'll see these little dots. Uh, they're not the track clocks. They're to the left of that. You see these mm-hmm. little dots and those represent song parts. So you start oh. at the top, at the top left one. And that's like your first part. And each of those song parts could have six independent tracks. So you could have up to six sections in your song and switch it up. And you could also mix and match the parts in the sense that you could lock what we do, what we call locking tracks. So you can lay down like your basic, uh, you know, chord progression in the first track and lock it. And then that'll continue into the other parts, into the other song parts. It won't disappear. Um, so you can, have certain tracks that go in all parts and then switch between the parts to to uh, have incredible flexibility as far as uh, musical compositions and and your uh, uh, you know the layout of your song and, and your looping um, performance so uh so this is the first looper that allows you to do both sequential and parallel looping at the same time it allows you to mix and match them And it's a six-track looper. The vast majority of even multi-track loopers generally top out at three. Uh, The RC300 is three tracks. Um, So you have six tracks, six parallel tracks in each of the six separate song parts. So up to thirty-six tracks per song. And it's got a got a beautiful touch screen uh, with a lot of uh, uh, really beautiful UX. interface that we built into that uh, so you see exactly it makes it much easier to see much easier to to do the various functionality um and we've got you, you if you see on the right side there is a big wheel and yeah, that, like that wheel yeah that wheel is intended to be used with your foot so you could use it hands-free love that and you can i love pull. it when yeah not not enough yeah.
0: pedals do that I
1: agree. I agree. That's why we built it in there. And you have have a lot of functionality you could do with that wheel. One of the functionalities is you could pull up a mixer on screen and you could do live mixing of your six parallel tracks with your foot. So you're able to fade things out, fade things in, adjust the relative levels to each other. Uh, And that's just the online mixer. We also have, um, uh, we have a, if you hold down the lower left button, you'll have, you have like a little menu that pops in from the right side, and then you can use the wheel to select which option on the menu and press the button to select. And we have, uh, that's what we call the hands-free menu. And that allows you all sorts of functionality, including reversing a track, muting a track. You could fade things out, fade things in. Um, So it gives you a whole bunch of features that you can do all hands-free in a live performance setting that no other looper can do and it has a built-in wi-fi connectivity so as we come out we're constantly building new functionality as i mentioned before we have a very active user forum uh that um people are constantly asking us for new features and there's they're they're very Mm -hmm. creative our, our musician community um they they're constantly asking us for new features and so we we uh um, we've been we're constantly coming out with new updates so as soon as we release an update as long as your looper is connected to your wi-fi you it's just like your phone you could update the firmware you press the yes on the touch screen and it just downloads it and boom no no complicated update scenario like with a lot of other musical equipment
0: that's amazing yeah, yeah, and yeah you. singular sound is such a cool company it's in terms of innovating and doing things that literally no one else is doing. Yeah, thank you. And yeah. That's, yeah that's what so, we're going for. so oh, everybody uh, listening, please yeah. go check out singular sound at uh, singularsound.com. Yeah, link you. will be in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, David, is there anything else you'd like uh, to, to end on perhaps?
1: Yes. I did. I missed one product that we make uh, uh, last, but certainly not least the Cabley. And this product, uh, because I was giving you the story of how I came up with all these products, this product uh, I came up with because I was doing some live shows um uh, and i was using the Eros and the beat buddy and and the midi maestro and i had and i also have a tc helicon vocal effects because i'm a singer and i had some guitar effects so i had a massive amount of cables <laughs> lots of equipment yeah
0: sounds of, like it
1: yeah lots of cables to connect all of them to and um and at the end of the show i kept on ha- it was taking me forever to wrap all these cables up because you know you the cables you're you're connecting all this equipment they kind of get tangled with each other sometimes if it's a small venue sometimes people step on your cables which is not great uh sometimes yeah. they they'll like spill beer on it and then you have to clean it off before you put it away and so i just do like i know there's like the the real uh musician nerds out there Wrap their cables the over under method, which is the proper way to do it. And but that's like kind it. of a pain, yeah. Yeah, well, you do it, you do it properly. Good yeah. for you. Uh, I'm I am by nature a lazy person, so I just wrap it around my elbow, you know. Um, barbarian that's how my style. dad did
0: it too, yeah. yeah.
1: There you go. So I just wrap it around my elbow, but um, even wrapping around your elbow, it takes kind of like a little You have like 20 30 foot cables, it takes you like a good minute or two to do each cable, especially if you need a Tangle it or clean it, and yeah. um, and I had like, you know, seven, eight cables that I had to put away. So this is like taking me like a good fifteen minutes after the show just to put the cables away, and then I have to put all the other equipment away. It was just taking forever. It was just so annoying. Mm-hmm. And so, I was visiting my mom. And my mom is into gardening and she has this big garden hose, which she has on a wheel that she just wraps it up on the wheel.
0: Yep. And, I got one of those. Yeah.
1: And suddenly the light bulb went off in my head and I was like, I need one of these wheel things, but <laughs> the proper size for a audio cable. Why don't I just make the like a small little wheel? I could connect the audio cable and instead of wrapping it all up on my arm, I could just spin the wheel around and it'll just wind it all up. And so that's what the Cabley is. It's uh, C-A-B-L-I, like kind of cable, but instead of uh, mm-hmm. an E, it's an I. We just thought it sounded cute. That's where the name came yeah, from.
0: Yeah, does sounds cute. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and so, yeah, so the Cabley is a little plastic wheel that you can connect uh, your audio cable to. The idea is that you just leave your cable in there permanently, so you buy one Cabley per cable. Um, and the, uh, it has a few additional advantages besides allowing you to put your cable away quickly. Uh, one advantage is that uh, if, you know, oftentimes you have a 20, 30 foot cable, but you're only like three, four feet away from your gear. So you have all that loose cable slack being a big mess. And if you have multiple cables, then it's a real mess because then they all mm-hmm. get, they all like kind of pile up on top of each other. And it makes your stage look look kind of messy and and a little bit dangerous. If you're, uh, if you like dancing around the stage, you could trip over it. So Um, so the good thing about the cable is that you could just pull out just a few feet uh, of cable out of the cabling and connect your gear. And then the rest of the cable is wrapped nice and neat inside the cabling, So it looks a lot nicer. It doesn't get tangled. It's protected. If you Mm -hmm. step on it, it's got a ABS plastic, which is what they make like car parts out of. So it's very strong. It's not going to break if you step on it. Uh, and it's of course. Uh, So it keeps your stage nice and neat, Um, uh, keeps the the cable protected. It also protects your cable during transport. So let's say you have a bunch of gear and you're on the road and, you know, you stick your heavy guitar case on your cable bag. It's not going to, your cables aren't going to suddenly have loose connections or break your cables. So it makes your cables last a lot longer, keeps them clean, keeps your stage neat, allows you to put your cables away in uh, 10 seconds instead of two minutes. So, and that's times each cable you own. So, it's a uh, really useful um, little gadget. That is very definitely by far the simplest product we've made. It's not an electronics product, but it's very, very useful. And it's a huge life improvement, especially for the gigging <laughs> musicians. Um, it does have a maximum cable size of 20 to 30 feet, depending on the thickness of the mm-hmm. cable. Um, but we are currently in the middle of designing a Cable XL or Cable Pro, we are not decided on the name yet, uh, that will do like 100 foot cables for like the real, you know, uh, uh, audio guy pros. So we're, we're working on that. Um, but that's probably going to come out like later this year. So that's, so that's our entire lineup. Uh, I think I, <laughs> I talked about everything. We also have a few other projects in the works that is super cool that I can't talk about yet, but uh, maybe I'll come back on your podcast and talk about it yeah. when, we, when we release it.
0: Sounds great. Well, thank you so much, David, yeah. uh, for joining us today to everybody out there listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Check out Singular Sound. And until next time, my name is Emily. Goodbye.